0: This show is brought to you by Brain First Training Institute, ICF accredited coach certifications and applied neuroscience training. To become a brain-based coach, get certified in applied neuroscience, and stay up to date with what's happening in the world of applied neuroscience and coaching, join our Brain First community over at brainfirsttraininginstitute.com. Hey, it's Ramon, and welcome to Brain Coach Radio, where we hear from expert coaches, leaders, and trainers who are using applied neuroscience to help their clients get life-changing results. We discuss various coaching topics, neuroscience insights, business tips, and much more, all to help you succeed. Now, let's get into the episode. No interruptions. Enjoy, my friends. Yo.
1: Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good.
0: Talk to us about your journey into health and fitness. Like, where did this all, where did this all start?
1: Okay. Um, When I was really young, probably as a child, um, I loved being active and was very competitive. Went into high school, learned aerobics. So I loved the music, the movement. I was probably 15 years old. I never would miss a class. And it just felt so good to me. And then I went into track and running around that track, I I know I had it like a very high attention, hyper attention problem. I could just, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place. And when I got on the track, I'll never forget it, running and sprinting, I felt calm actually. And my mind felt good. And so that I was a really skinny kid. I didn't need to be, you know, trying to get in shape. And so that feeling is what led me to, to stay, you know, stay in fitness, stay in activity. And then when I got into college, you know, I cheered competitively. So health and fitness was very important with that. And, but I was lucky enough to take some, I mean, I was in, um, I studied health and wellness and learned nutrition. And that's when I started learning about ways to eat, to help your attention span, like good fats and no sugar and walnuts and salmon. So I started doing that. Um, my junior year in college and I didn't eat red meat and I was not drinking a lot and I just felt good. So more of anything with health and fitness, it's, it feels good to me. Maybe not always in the moment, but when it's over, the my muscles, my brain, and my everything feels really balanced for me. And so right after I got out of college, I went and did an internship with a corporate place that were so out of shape. So I'm always around all these cheerleaders and I worked in a fitness club in college. Now I'm around the real public, you know, and I just wanted to save everybody. It was just bizarre how negative and they were out of breath in 10 minutes and I'm all let's go real hyper. And they couldn't do it. So I felt a need, I need to be in this industry and did that in Dallas, Texas and was an aerobics director at, four different places and then one place just started to open up and I got to start my program from scratch and got into personal training and was able to teach um, in Dallas, the hockey team, the Dallas Cowboys, um, you know, fitness. So I got to also feel that high level of fitness with them and how to motivate them is a little bit different as well. And, and just kept kept going from there, trying to get more educated in natural movement um, you know, the new, all the new trend stuff, but get time, but then I would take a little bit of all of it and do more functional training is what I did. And since I felt the difference with, with nutrition for me, I always was very intrigued with how to eat good and clean. But now, I mean, I'm older now and I do enjoy a lot of different, you know, bad foods, but I still gravitate to good breakfast and good meals and balance. And then then have my cookies and enchiladas. So yeah. And then, I mean, I'm lucky enough as an adult that I did compete hard. So I was able to keep my shape and my mind was always um, wanting risk and, you know, feeling the next level, even when I would fall and hurt myself. I just don't know why I still enjoy that push. Um, I mean, I still like to sit around, drink coffee and just talk, but at the same time, I like a goal you know, physically with what I do. So I've kept it going all my life. And I'm able to share that with others and then got into coaching and blend that together a lot as well.
0: Hmm. Which is a trend that I've seen probably over the last 10 years, maybe at a push to 15, but definitely over the last 10 mm-hmm. uh, that so many people that uh, particularly that uh started out just in health and fitness and health and wellness, whether it was nutrition or the PT side of things, or both incorporating a lot more coaching skills. I think with Mm -hmm. this realization that, and I don't know if you had this idea when you first got into the industry, but I kind of had this idea that, you know, clients are going to do what we advise them to do. (laughs) Yeah, at first. (laughs) And it couldn't be further from the truth. Yes. So we might need to get some, might need to develop some skills to actually help them change their behavior, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes we give them a list of things and it's like, if, you know, they come in to see us the following week and, okay, well, how much of this have be followed? None. <laughs>
1: yeah. We're like, I worked so hard on this. I, I do yes, see that a lot to this day. And, um, you know, people that come in and, you know, are just more, mad and angry then let's do this so I have to be ready for that kind of um way of coming in to see me you know is I know it's not always happy go lucky for them so I I immediately now with coaching I've learned I immediately will change the mood before they can walk in you know I I know I'll do music or I know what they like or you know bring up something immediately that makes them feel good I've kind of been working on that and yeah it's been really interesting watching that change
0: I want to um, actually. I want to come back to that. Who you're working with now, but before that, has who you've been working with changed over the years? Like, who who were you working with at the start, and then how's that different to who you're working with now?
1: Um, are we talking fitness, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. well, fitness slash coaching, like the whole. Okay,
1: yeah. No. Okay. I'll do both you know, in no sense because I've um, been really excited. By, I had this young girl. She's 15, and she didn't wasn't doing anything at all. And very an introvert so i had to pull out a lot and you know of course i'm the opposite of that so that was um you know unique how i'm gonna get her to think and talk and move and so i developed with her we go two days a week which um i'll do a coaching concept so she doesn't know what to say i'll say we're gonna talk about attitude what do you think about that and what is it you start start asking her the questions and so We started peeling the onion back about attitude and it actually was working. And then the last 30 minutes we work out. Mm -hmm. Now, when she first worked out, she had no coordination. Um, honestly, it was like working with someone really older because I had to really help her understand body mechanics. And that was also another detail that I had to, you know, really understand that before we can get her going. And then the next time we met, we meet, um, she will go over the homework or what she learned, you know, the first 15 minutes. And then we do a workout. Now she would hardly even look up at me because we, we were on zoom and now she's texting me and she's like, when are we going to do this next? And have, I, and I told her, I've been trying to practice, have everything out, you know, have your pen and paper. I want to see it. And now she's getting the schedule and she knows I make her talk. So now she's like, talks before even um I, I before I'm even ready for her. Like she'll give me the information over day. She now has feelings for someone. Like she didn't she didn't show me any kind of feeling or sensation. And so more we've moved and brought up things, you know, like concepts to help her, um, I've seen such a change. It went from honestly a zero to a 10 now. Her move it and then she'll run up and down the driveway and she's like ready and I mean she could not even squat at first so you know that's been great and then you know I have other clients too I'm I'm doing both where they started off very low and no purpose in life honestly and so we forget when we just fit I do fitness that people are walking in with that mindset and and, and, and in other words they'll come in and be in a bad mood I'm Like what's wrong with them they they came here to work out with me and I'm not realizing they don't feel even purpose, you know, they don't ex- have time to express that. I'm already telling them the workout. So seeing um people that can tell me no, they're you know, they're they're not feeling like they can do anything, they're not, they don't even know where to begin, you know, it's a very negative attitude and helping them, helping them find their positive attitude. I've learned with me, I can give you positive all day long, like you should do this, or what do you, think? you know? I've learned to like let them find their positive. It's different than mine. Hmm. And that's been something I've been learning. And when I find that I can use that when we do fitness as well. And then that's when they're, they're moving and and they're getting really consistent with the workout.
0: I think fitness is such a great vehicle for transformation in other areas of life. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're just describing before people coming in, Oh, I don't feel like I can, you know, I can do anything. Well, we can get you doing something that is perhaps challenging physically and then you do it and then you feel mm-hmm. great about it and then you just accomplish something on a small level that gives you a sense of confidence to then be able to go and tackle things in other areas of their life, right? Definitely. It's a great vehicle for, for transformation in other areas. What, um, what are, like, so when you didn't have the co- so you've got the coaching element now when you didn't have the coaching element how did you navigate that space you know when clients were turning up and they perhaps weren't in the right headspace, or um you know they were, they were complaining about their life as often mm-hmm. happens in,
1: in oh, yeah.
0: training sessions right like all, every- day. <laughs> um, all day
1: all day a.m. Um, and how did
0: you navigate that without the coaching skills that you now have
1: yeah, I, um, you know, I would actually have to listen and I would walk backwards a lot <laughs> to help them move towards me to go to the next exercise. And it was like I was dragging and pulling the whole time. And I realized halfway through, we're not going to get through this. Then they're going to be upset. They haven't gotten in shape. So right when I, I mean, only thing I could do then is not hear what's going on, help help them to look at it differently. I would have to shorten the workout or do things that are almost mindless,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: that they can do on autopilot because I knew they they were not in a good headspace. But sometimes too, I knew some things that were fun, like boxing, like boxing on a bag that would kind of be keep them quiet or do the Tabata workout. I've had this man come in he'd come in just barking about his wife and I did not want to hear it. And so I said, tell you what, let me get through this Tabata. It's 30 seconds on. 10 seconds rest, another exercise for 30 seconds. We'll do that, you know, just for eight, you know, four minutes. Let's do four of those. He's like, okay, I said, will go by so fast. He forgot all about what he was talking about. He wasn't mad at her anymore. I didn't hear nothing. So it's all about like, I learned that pace can help them shift out of that yeah. instead of having to talk it out.
0: Yeah. Which to me says state change. They changed their state. Now all of a sudden the problem sometimes and as we know from the, the neuroscience stuff sometimes the problem just disappears mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. state changes Plus big. yeah mm-hmm. what about um when, when did you start incorporating the uh nutrition and the lifestyle stuff was that from the very beginning or did that
1: no so- because i wasn't confident with it at the very beginning i think when um i started competing i competed uh like 28 I was 28 so a little bit later on I mean I started training right after college like, you know helping people but you know nutrition was really part of this huge competition that I did because you know we had to eat well to look good because it was physique and then we also had to eat enough for two different ob- obstacle courses and fitness skills like jumping or sprinting or heavy bench press so I had to learn how to balance out really good food and and feeling good from it and while competing made me excited to actually add that in with people and to study it kind of all over again. You know, about what are good fats for people? What makes people have energy again? So, as I was in that competitive mode, I was able to start, you know, including that into all my fitness.
0: Why do you think people struggle so much? one of the things that i that i'm starting to see and i've sort of commented on for many years is that we're having this greater and greater divide that you know it used to be and it still is the haves and the have-nots in terms of wealth and possessions and these things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's this haves and have-nots of health this Mm -hmm. greater divide that's happening people that are kind of really into it and they prioritize their health and they see that as something that's really important to not just have the energy to show up in you know day to day in in the way mm-hmm. that they want to but it's also important for accomplishing other goals having the energy for business and healthy relationships and all these sorts of things like it's a, such a priority and then there's the kind of the majority that are like couldn't really care to to yeah. about it at all and I, I kind of feel like there's this bigger divide that's been happening over the last couple of decades what, what are your thoughts around people that just don't prioritize it they don't really care for it they see it as something that um, you know health and fitness is really just about losing a few extra pounds rather than you know having a um, treating the organism the human being as if like we're one entity where health is a critical component and, and fundamental to relationships and showing up each day with energy and accomplishing our goals and mm-hmm. you know all yes. of these. like such a holistic thing what what are your thoughts around this what's going on for people that just they're just not into it they're not interested
1: well I think I actually had a taste of that so I could actually have finally an experience of that is when um you know I became a single mom and I started having to my mind went so into being successful so like making myself more, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, that was so important to me in the moment. And then I went into another job of learning life coaching and, um, you know, I just started running around like crazy. And then all of a sudden I'm not thinking anymore of the right things, but I, I was settling into the rat race. I was settling into now eating some crap food or, um, you know, drinking too much, you know, I was settling into that. So I got like, Oh, I'll work out later. I've worked out all of my life. You know, I don't need it right now. I was, I was actually saying these things to myself. Then when I started, um, you know, just kind of having nutrition around me again, I started like reading it and like looking at Pinterest, looking at great food to cook. So I was like, I think I want to cook that. And so I started sparking me back up. And after I finally, um, put it on my calendar. Like Even if I have five clients in the day and I only can work out at two in the afternoon and it's 90 degrees, um, I'm going to do it. So I had, I had to just do it. And more I got that in a habit, like I started going, I was just settling. Like I didn't even realize how it felt to settle. And I think that everyone really has a settling mentality right now. Like I don't need to do anything. They don't even realize their body is changing. The hormones are changing them. They've just gotten used to it. They're used to feeling neck pain. They're used to feeling, you know, their joints kind of hurt, you know, they just drag them along instead of taking a second, taking 10 minutes to think about eating something right. Um, you know, making the effort to do something, it's, it's more of a settling attitude and they don't realize they're being more, ang- they're being angrier or, you know, poor me attitude more. And um, you know, even they've settled into it. And I just think that that's been kind of the problem right now. And I kind of, it's made me kind of go out of my way more and make people like, I think what I learned from you is like, what's going to happen with that in, you know, three to four months if you keep living like that? Like, what's that look like? Oh my gosh, you know, I mean, I go, do you really, you know, will you need to be going to the doctor more? Will you need to be taking more tests? Like, uh, they'll take time out of your day. You're trying to make all this money. And so that scare factor has been, been really good to work with. Uh,
0: as you were talking about that, I, I was thinking of, um, you know, people that have absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. Um, how I've tackled this in the past has been to find something that's important to them and then use that and leverage it against like the health and the wellness and the fitness stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: As you just said, you know, if, if, if the business is important and making the money is important, well, mm-hmm. you have to need time and you're going to need energy, and having poor health is going to impact both of those things, right? Mm-hmm. So then it's using that. What well, what are some of the other, what are some of the other things that, um, actually, maybe prior to that question, do you have anyone that reaches out to you that's really not interested in? Health and fitness at their core. They're just maybe they've done it because the doctors said, "Oh, you know, you've got high blood pressure, or mm-hmm. um, you know, you need to clean up your diet, or uh, you need to prioritize your health." And they've come to you. Do you get anyone like that? Oh, yeah. That you- oh, yeah. Okay, so talk. Yeah. talk- Talk to us about. The-
1: I actually got a text yesterday from a lady um, that was said, "Thank you for making me do this. All of my blood tests were the best I've ever had." And you know, because she knew she's a light to work out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. She tells me she's tired. She does not want to do this. You know, it's con- it's just like she has no desire to do this, but she just has to do it. You know, because she wants she's going to the doctor all the time. So with her, I have learned what movements work best for her. And, um, you know, so I don't, I love to create new workouts. I love to get like new things and try, but with her, I have had to learn to be very basic, very to the point um, and, and help that move. So I think about a functional upper body movement, a functional lower body. And then I'll say, um, I make sure she has her music on. So I zoom with her to do this but it's three days a week. And I, I have to be um, ready for that attitude every time. So I just make the workouts a little bit easier. Um I definitely make it do something that makes her frustrated because when they get frustrated and they can't do it, it makes it all worse.
0: Hmm. So
1: she,
0: did you have to spend any time with her to get her to commit to coming to the sessions and making it, more of a priority or she had already decided in her mind that she needed to do that and committed to to turning up?
1: Well, she's, she's late a lot, you know, she's late. And um, even though when she's late, I'll already be, I'll I'll, I'll have to like get her going quick or I'll add some treadmill and I'll do some different things with her. But when I, but a lot of people will have to pay me if they don't come, you know, I have a cancellation policy, but I will definitely reach out to them and ask, are you okay? You know, what, what has happened for you to let this go? So I do reach out and, and I, I genuinely want to know, I'm, I'm interested in what is allowing you to let this go in your life? Like, and then I'll say, um, laying in your bed, is that, do you feel like, you know, yes, I accomplished something. You know, and I always say after your workout, you never regret it. How can you ever regret what you just did, you know? Mm. And so why not come back to that and feel and know before you even get started, I won't regret this.
0: For people that, you know, let's say they've missed a few sessions, they don't turn up, you reach out. And I'm sure that the, you know, the genuine care that you have makes such a difference in their lives to wanting to even turn up because, you know, someone someone cares when they, you know, mm-hmm. they want to. they yeah engaged, right? Um, At what point uh, do you say, okay, look, I can't keep chasing this person, because clearly, they're not ready, or they're not interested, or they're not, it's not their time yet. Mm -hmm. Or, um, and you say, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have you as a client anymore. How do you how do you handle that?
1: Gosh, I can never say that. Remember, I'm kind of a people pleaser. And oh, my gosh, (laughs) um, I'd rather have them 10 minutes then nothing. Um, but I always say until your mindset is ready. I go think about when you decided uh you want this shirt. You want this shirt so bad. And you might not have enough money. You find a way to get that shirt and you found the funds to do it and you you're very excited about that. I said you have to have a mindset like this. Like you're gonna throw down the money, you're gonna, you're gonna come and invest in yourself. I go, but if you don't, if you don't have the mindset, like health doesn't stop when you walk out the door from here. You know, it's how you treat others. It's what you drink. It's how you, you know, go to sleep. I go, it keeps going. So this is your kickstart. So that's what you're missing out on. But until that you can have a mindset, then this will make a change. I'll be here. If you want me to work you out 10 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, anything to, yeah, to get going. But you have to know if your mindset happens, all that stuff the rest of the day is is escalated. And they will go, okay, I don't know what you're saying. But yeah, so... I just get whatever I can and just and then I'll remind them like, you know, did you regret this? Like, no, I did not do feel better. You know, you'll get a little bit of that. But I have I mean, I've got like three or four clients that I have to pull teeth, you know, and go, oh, come on. What are you doing over there on your phone? I had this one guy. He's a business guy from Walmart. Oh, my gosh. He would even care me. telling. He's so funny. He's from Turkey originally. So he has his accents. I'm like, come on. You ready? And he's like, oh, oh, and i walk around and he's on his phone. I'm like, you need to get off your phone. Come on, you're missing out on this. There's nothing you can do about this call right now. He's like, oh, no, no. like come on. And then he'll finally drop the phone. I'm like, yeah, you did it. You know, I'll celebrate it. And he's like, oh my gosh. No. So yeah, I just tried to, I had this big men's group and you know, I'm I'm on them harder probably than women. So I'm, you know, letting them know I'm like, hey, you're hell guys. We've been talking about drinking beer all night every night. And then, you know, we. I just tell them and stuff. But this one guy, he loves it on his phone. And I'm like, there's no excuse. I said, all right, then lay down do sit-ups with it. You're not going to stand.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, you know, it. Or sometimes
1: I'll put up the music real loud. Uh, and
0: like, do you incorporate coaching now? Do you incorporate coaching into every session or just about every session? Or No,
1: I have fitness business and I'll just slide stuff in you know and a guy I don't coach him at all and I would love to I'd love him to challenge me so bad because he's he's like I feel like he has a perfect life which we don't but I'm just saying it. everything's in place so I don't know I think it'd be fun to kind of dig into that um but uh, he had a birthday the other day I was like what's your goal for your birthday this year was like, well, I don't know I said well why not it's a whole new year your life's going it's going to change and he goes. I didn't think about that. I said, well, what can you do differently? So we started going there while we're training. He goes, oh, I haven't even put forth. Like, do things do change? Things are, I go, yeah, what can you do different? What can make this year even better? And then he started thinking instead of just mindlessly like, doing our TRX strap. And, you know, and then now um, his, his nutrition's, you know, it's been a kind of a joke. They go to this smoothie place to put all this fruit on top. I'm like, what'd you do for breakfast? He's a sugar daddy, I call him. And now he goes, okay, I changed the smoothie. I got more of the fruit instead of the chocolate. I'm like, great, because I think I might go back to the other one because it makes me happy. I said, you can't be emotionally attached to food. He goes, okay. You know, so I'm always I mean, I, I have to separate my coaching. I'm I'm really weirdly different, to be honest. And I I it's like I I'm I'm a very attention span person that I can make up like I can see this person, that person, but when I coach, it's like I become it's so in tune. I don't even know. I'm feel very detailed. I, I'm a bit. I like to be visual. So when you talk, I'm visualizing it. So I'm like there. And so when I coach, I have. I want to be still. I want. I want the real meat. Mm-hmm. You know. So if I have to do real coaching with the fitness, I've got to do that first, and then be my fitness. Put my fitness hat on. Yeah.
0: Yep, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, neuroscience. What What attracted you to the neuroscience? and incorporating that into what you're doing?
1: Oh my gosh. I just really wanted to know the brain and how it works so much in a deeper level. Um, you know, I never had that chance to to learn that back in fitness. And so, um, when I came and did your whole certification, I love how you separated the different parts of the brain and what it does and how it all connects, connects together. And That was very interesting to me, especially even healing me with things, you know, um, what I was dealing with. And I could easily get away from myself because I give so much of my energy to others that I really don't have time. I mean, it actually made me go back and realize from me being divorced, I never, I took time the process of forgiving um, my ex-husband. I just let it go, move on. I'm doing this now. And so it helped me go back and be a little angry, be a little like process it. And then forgiveness is really different than letting things go. So yeah, it has been really, and it's made me more of an emotionally strong person. And it's weird to be in that position. So um, definitely that, and learning, you know, the different aspects of the positive brain, the mind, you know, mindful brain, all of that. I've never had education in that depth, so that really was intriguing to me and helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. What um, What are some of the ways that you're using and incorporating the neuroscience stuff or, or things that you've learned with clients? Like, mm-hmm. is it structured? Do you just slip things in? Like how, how, how have you incorporated that into what you're doing?
1: Well, I don't remember all the big words you use to be very honest, but um, I do know um, generally what you brought to the table with this. And I have definitely used it with my college kids. Because their clarity and their mindless um, uh, way they come to me is you're um, in that part of the certification. I help them to find more clarity and like being explaining them how to be more focused and calm and understanding that, you know, in the mind. And they are so impulsive and very emotional, especially about the seniors in a college. They're very emotional and very burnout.
0: Yeah.
1: So with that, I've helped them see more of the positive brain, like really try to help them um, experience the positivity and letting them see that not everything's a problem. Maybe look at that a little bit differently. I've done some of your sheets on them um, that uh, the mindful one that you sent. What was that one again about how much attention that you're giving things? Do you remember people's names? Do you so that sheet blows their mind? When I give them that, um, they realize how much they really don't put 100% focus in everything. And that helps them really really want want that more in their life. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, a lot of them have a lot of negativity. So I try to help them not go back to the past so much and shift something immediately. It makes them feel good. And so one was great. I just coached this guy. He's in his mid-40s and going through this... Break up, and you know, poor guy. He's doing everything he can, and and he was spiraling in his negativity because he did some things he can't let go of, and he's like, "I just got to learn to forgive." And I'm like, "Okay, you 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 are you are a very great person." So before we say anything, and I love this what you gave me because it it changed everything. I said, "Think about feeling free of all of this. Think about feeling like you don't have to worry about this anymore." You're you already said your ex-wife now is, you know, it's forgiving your friends, like feeling free. And none of this has to ever be brought up. And you're how would your life look? And he just stopped and he goes, It feels amazing. He said, why not experience that now? And that was that's when he completely changed his demeanor. He was calm. He was, he was, it was so neat for me to watch because nothing what I was saying was helpful. It was so spiraling and everything he's done wrong. like you don't have to worry about that anymore. And that wasn't helping. When I shifted to visualize seeing that, you don't have, you know, what would that look like to you? And that was so cool.
0: Is this uh, just the coaching client or you do fitness with? Mm-hmm. Okay, just the coaching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How many of your, how many of your clients would you do combination coaching and fitness? Like percentage-wise?
1: Percentage-wise, I try to only do, it's hard to get that in. I mean, three to five a week. Yep. Okay. Because I have fitness at 5 a.m., 6, 4, you know, through the day, group in one-on-ones. So I make, you know, certain people want that. It's not for everyone.
0: For the people that don't necessarily want that, um, do you find yourself... Kind of gravitating towards just doing some of a little bit anyway here
1: and there. Can't help it. When you become a life coach, you are changed. And I noticed in this area where I'm from or where I live, you know, life coaching is still new. You know, really? I'm the only one that like brings it out and explains it, and the difference with you know counseling and you know and and people are just shocked by it because it can be hard because you don't leave a session. Like talking about your problems, and you know, I'm not. I, there's a lot of great counselors. You and I both know that. But you, you talk it out, and then you get a book to read or something. But I am very big about accountability. And they're like, I don't know. I go, well, you, we got to figure out something here. And having some tangible, like mm-hmm. we're gonna, we're gonna make some actions here. And what is, you know, and they're not ready. They just want to sit. They already thought they're going to sit and talk. And I'm, they weren't understanding the whole coaching thing. So now they are, they're getting used to action. It's Mm. always, some of them freak out about it. It's Mm. almost like an overload, you know, and then they'll, they'll come back, but they're not, they're not, people are not used to accountability and action. And, you know, I have one girl, she, one of her actions was to wash her hair once a week, but now she's a fitness client too. She, she is so fit. She just deadlifted the other day, an amazing amount of weight. And it's perfect. You know, she, she got her arms. I mean, it was so good. She's so confident. She wears makeup now, but she came in sloppy, didn't realize life coaching's work, you know, and her mentality you know, she, she has it now. It's a habit. We've been working, she was my first client, and we've been together every single Tuesday for over a year. This is our month of anniversary. Yeah. I know. Oh.
0: Very cool. What, what sort of change would the fitness industry, industry go through? And what kind of a difference would it make to people in the fitness industry and particularly personal trainers, if they had some coaching skills?
1: What you know of- what? I think they would understand people more. Yeah. You know, a lot of them already have their structure and their day and person to person by the hour. I think that would change the whole experience of a training session and understanding people more so it can be more of a um, like a pliable uh training session you can switch and change and you know sorry your plan didn't go right trainer but it might need to be played around so people can feel good certain movements feel good to people some days certain don't and I take that I'm like that I don't take that personal I'm like okay then let's do that that sounds great you know um so I think that would be different I think they would understand people more um, I think there'd be less injury.
0: Would you call that being more client-centered? Yes. So as opposed to like, I've got this plan that I'm going to take someone through that I've constructed based on how I think they're going to be and what I think they want versus being more focused on what who the client is and what their needs are at that very point in time.
1: Yes, I love that you said at that point in time. That's, That's the big difference. And I think that that would help trainers keep their clients too.
0: Mm -hmm. One of the things I think I've I've noticed only thinking about it now, looking back at the, at my time in fitness, particularly, you know, like 15, Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, the trainers that were the ones that kept their clients were the ones that cared more about their clients and less about, you know, getting the perfect workout program. Yeah.
1: Thing. yeah. <laughs> and trying to make them the star client. Like, look what I did for this person. Look at her body. You know, and I tell a lot of people, you know, learning now through life coaching, you know, you can work out hard as you want, but if you're not dealing with what's inside, because, you know, that's that's still there and you're still going to have that struggle of it's, it's not enough, your body's not enough. And do you really want to like live like that? Because, you know, it's great. I always tell girls, I don't want you to feel thin. I want you to feel strong. Yeah. Like the scale doesn't show you strength. When you're strong, it's an incredible feeling as a woman. I mean, or as a man too, because when you get older, you know, our muscles atrophy and men oh, do you get... The <laughs> yeah. It's a whole different way of training as you get older. It is. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, don't tell so, me that. Because, <laughs> like you know, I always say in your thirties you can add the resistance. You, know, you you know you can get away just running in your twenties. Your first part of your forties, and you need to lift. Lifting is helping your metabolism, right? And so, forty five and over, I tell women or men like you need to lift heavier. What I'm old? No, just try with good form, you know. And and so now, I mean, it, you have to, and it, it actually feels good. You know, you don't want to get weak, and so yeah it's just
0: different parts of life advice for someone who is and i'm sure we've had many clients we've both had many clients like this and um and have had this experience many times with people where they're so focused on the aesthetic thinking that that's going to solve their yes. confidence problem their relationship problem the self it's going to give them the self love all these things what, what, are your, what are your thoughts here? What, what sort of advice? I know it's hard because we need to take it on a case-by-case basis, but what's some sort of general advice that you'd give to someone who's recognized that, you know, chasing the aesthetic their whole life is not going to bring them the fulfillment and self-love. Mm-hmm. They've, had that, they've had that recognition. They've gone, yeah, I realize that, but I can't stop and I don't know what else to, how else to tackle mm-hmm. this. What are your thoughts here?
1: Well, I I always want to know what is, what is, how is it loving yourself? Like, is it just like, well, how else can you love yourself? Like, I want to just know, well, I mean, I like to, you know, do this or that, you know, paint, you know, does that make you feel like loving yourself? So you realize, you know, and I'll ask for some more ideas. They can feel what makes them happy or feel good about themselves. I go, so in the workout is it really looking at your body or is it how, when you're done, like how you feel, then all of a sudden, like we talked about the other things in life just feels good. So truly having the greatest body, it takes work. You're going to be injured. You're to work out all the time. It's got to be, and then you're all, you are always on your mind. And I don't feel like that's actually healthy. So just wanting one part of your life to feel good about yourself I mean, is that healthy? Not really. And so when they realize there's other ways to have self-love, they're going to have maybe a little more fat storage in their hips, you know, and knowing we work that area or we work on nutrition or hear how foods um, triggering, triggering their hormones and stuff, you know, there's are certain areas where hormones really attack that area. And then also, um, you know, like I said, if they are so consumed with their body, they miss out on so much in life. I tell them, you know, like there's so many things to be fun about, even though you might be a little overweight, but you are healthy still, you know, you're, you're healthy minded. You're making an effort to work out, to eat, be aware of what you're eating. Instead of telling my clients, um, don't eat this, eat this. I'm like, how did that food feel? It made me bloated. Well, probably don't want to eat it. You know what I mean? Cause I'm not a new, nutri- I'm not a dietitian. So I'm just more of like, how does that make you feel? My head hurts. Well, then there's no need to eat that or eat less of it. Mm. Mm. So you know, let's just let them know that. What do you, what do you think?
0: What do you think people in health and fitness need to be doing to help their clients get incredible results? Whatever that is for their clients. It, I mean, it could mm-hmm. be confidence, could be an aesthetic thing, could be whatever it is. What what, what would be the Top one, maybe two things that you think everyone in health and fitness needs to be good at or develop
1: skills. I mean, you really have to get their mind right. Because if their mind is not right and, and ready for health and fitness, then they're going to be wondering and then they're going to get hurt or, you know, the excuses come. You can't get this amazing results from a client if you're just focusing on, like I said, the movement. No, you know, I feel like it's the mind. And after, you know, you check them every time. when they walk in the door. How are you feeling? What's going on? I mean, you know, make a moment of that. Because a lot of times it's, you know, if they're not in a good head place, they're going to do a movement wrong. Yeah. And they're not going to be back for two weeks, you know? And then they're going to be depressed on the couch, eating their funky foods, you know? And then they'll come back to you in two weeks. It's, you know, so I... It's simply getting their mind right, and you know, always don't go in and talk about your problems. Don't don't tell them about what's happened. Be ready to be positive. That's our job.
0: I've seen so many traders at the gyms I've been into when I've just been in their training with a client on their phone or telling their telling their client about the breakup that they're going through or how much they partied on the weekend. I'm just like. <laughs> You doing
1: right? <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I mean, luckily, I'm not around a lot of other trainers. I used to be, um, and it, it's mind blowing. Like, it's like people don't hear themselves. The self awareness is as a trainer, I mean, you know, it's not the door.
0: No, and and fair enough. Like, the client has a, has an interest in that, that's fine. But the when I've seen it, I'm like, the client couldn't be any more disinterested. So you just like talk to exactly. the client, telling them about your own life, <laughs>
1: yeah. And now they're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. You know, now they're the counselor.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Flatness.
0: Any final thoughts for our listeners?
1: Well, I mean, more than the, I, I don't want people to think health and fitness is um, overwhelming and hard to do. Like, I can't, I can't do that. I mean, you sit down, you get up out of a chair, so you're squatting, you know, and it's, if, if your kid runs out in the street, you're, you're going to run and get it. So you can run. Um, If you fall down, you got to push yourself up. That's a push-up. They can go on their knees and make that a goal. You know, whatever level that is. It doesn't matter about the level. It's about just trying new ways to move your body, and it definitely gets easier. It's all about consistency. If you don't have consistency, it doesn't happen. Consistency with the squat, push-up, and run. And that's it. Don't make it anything else than that. Do it for 10 minutes because I'm telling you after 10 minutes and you be consistent with that, it's going to go to 12, 15, whatever that's, that couch to, what is it to, to for you people to run couch to potato to, or couch to the run or whatever. It's a program for runners that start like a minute or they walk and run. The simple steps and consistency, whatever that is, walking in the door, you're not in the mood. That's okay. Not many people are in the mood to work out. Just go in. Your trainer will move you through it. I always say, I'm your brain. We're good. You don't have to think about it. I'm your brain. And um, let it be a part of your life like you do with brushing your teeth. It's a part of your life. Love it. So hopefully that helps.
0: Brandy, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. That's it for this episode. If you want to support the show, make sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and then head over to brainfirsttraininginstitute.com to join our community of coaches. And for resources and products to help you upgrade your brain in life, including interviews with leading neuroscientists and health and high-performance experts, go to mybrainfirst.com. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you soon.